0: just have to allow him to do it accept what he wants to do in and through us and move on so lord we just come before your throne and just lord ask lord that you would just minister to every lady here father god lord please empty me out lord and not let one word come from my mouth that doesn't come from your heart father god Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you, Lord God. Help these women to accept what it is that you want to say to them, Lord, because this is personal for each and every one of them. So, Lord, may you be the one who's glorified and lifted up. And it is in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Amen. So, this has been a lifetime of God working stuff out of me. Um, I'm a people pleaser from way back, um, to the point where, I would turn myself inside and out to please anybody who came in my path. But I became a Christian, and now it was time for me to please God. You see, it's better to be a God-pleaser than a people-pleaser. We're never going to measure up to what other people might think of us or what we think of ourselves. I think that's one of the hardest things is... We're so hard on ourselves. I know I am. I hope I'm not the only one in the room that does this, but I am horrible to myself. But God, my favorite two words in the Bible. You see, God works things out. And 10 years ago, the Lord made a verse come alive in my life so much that it helped me with my people-pleasing, and it helped me to just walk in the newness of life that he gave me See, Romans 12, 18 says, if it, is impo- if it is possible, as much as it depends on you, live peacefully with all men. See, it depends on what is in you, not what other people are. See, what happened in my life was probably a little over 10 years ago, I um, ended up in a battle with my family. Um, they hated my husband. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I had too much sugar. Doug's like, slow down. Okay. <laughs> Um Thank you, my love. Um, they hated my husband and they didn't what they didn't like is they didn't like Christ in us. okay um, We were all dealing with the death of my father um, and it got ugly and for three years, we didn't see my family. It was really hard on me, but, God had to do a work, not only in dug in my hearts, but in their hearts as well. And the first year, in my people-pleasing um, way, I tried really hard for them to like me again. See, they were my family, and I knew they loved me. but like is a whole different ball game. You know, it was funny. I tried to look up the definition between like and love. And it's the craziest thing in the world that you really can't see what like is because they've rewritten it to be social media. So I have the handy-dandy old Merriam-Webster dictionary for years, so I went to that. And the thing that came up to me the most was like, to be the same or similar to, same characteristics, and to wish to have. That kind of made sense to me. See, what I wanted my family to do was to like me. But I couldn't be similar to them because I have Jesus Christ in my heart. I couldn't change that. To love means to value highly, to value. See, love is a choice. It's not a feeling like everybody says it's a choice. And God wants us to love. He wants us to highly value other people in our lives. So, I spent the first year trying to buy their like. Did it work? Nope. So, this verse, if it is possible, as much as it depends on you, live peacefully with all men. So, I knew that I was doing all that I could to live peacefully with them. It wasn't my job anymore. I did my part. I prayed for them and I had to walk away. It was so hard and it was painful to be separated for that long. But God did a miracle and He restored, and it's better than it ever was. So I'm just here to encourage you, ladies, that if something's going on in your lives and you might be estranged from somebody, um, live what depends on you. It's not your job, okay? Your job is to do what God asks of you to do. Not to please another person, but what we need to do is please God first. See, when I became a Christian, you know, my people-pleasing things, you would have thought, I have the Lord in me, everything's going to be good. But, verses like the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, through 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Oh, boy. That ramped up my people-pleasing skills to a new whole level, okay? I wanted to be that representative of God, of Jesus. You know, I want to be his hands and feet. And it tore, I mean, I was striving like you wouldn't believe. And the Lord's like, done. What is in you, let it pour out to other people. But you can't change the way someone's going to react to you. You can't change on what someone's going to feel towards you. All you can do is live peacefully with all men as it depends on you. Do I have bad days? Absolutely. I have really bad days when I don't spend time with the Lord and I spend too much time running around trying to serve him. You see, the great commandment is, I found it in Luke 10:27. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. See, when we're p- living our lives out to please God and God alone, loving our neighbors as ourselves comes a little easier. You don't have to like them, but God wants you to love them. It looks different for everybody. You know, it's helping someone out. A smile when you go into a store and you see the clerk behind uh, the register in a grumpy mood. A smile and, hey, how you doing? Pastor Dan did a beautiful uh, Sunday service a couple weeks ago about being Tabithas in other people's lives. It should come naturally to us. You know, we don't all have to do the exact same thing, but it's just loving and being kind to one another. I love your shirt. I love what you're wearing. Oh, that's great perfume. I mean, just something to edify and build another person up. You, you have no idea what it does to somebody. I took it to the extreme, and I wanted everybody to like me. Well, not everybody does like me, and that's okay. I'm all right with that. Um, took me a long time to get there. But another thing that I do in my life is You know, I sometimes overanalyze what other people are doing, you know. I think I put these expectations on myself. You know, I should be to church all the time. I should make to prayer. I should serve as much as I can. I should, and I feel horrible. I've talked to Lori about this, the women sowing seed. I'm always blessed when I come, but my life is crazy right now, and I work a lot of Saturdays, and I always feel so guilty that I can't come. Well, nobody is like sitting here, oh, where's that doggone Dawn? She's in come again. No, no, they're they're not, but I'm putting expectations on myself that if the church doors are open, I should be here. But no, God sometimes has different things for me to do. See, we all go through seasons in our lives. Sometimes we're supposed to be about everything within the church. Sometimes we can hang out with our friends a lot more. Sometimes our family needs us and we need to be there. But no one else is looking at us like you're doing something wrong. We put those expectations on ourselves, and we need to stop. You know, I love that someone told me when I first gave my life to the Lord that the the center verse of the whole entire Bible is this, Psalm 118, 8 through 9. It is better to trust in the Lord than put confidence in men. It is better to trust in the Lord than put confidence in princesses. Princess. It is better to trust the Lord. But sometimes, ladies, I don't know about you, but I put a whole lot of expectations on myself. I'm supposed to be this. I'm supposed to do that. Um, it, It becomes unbearable. Sometimes poor Doug has to talk me off the roof. It's okay. Take a deep breath. Take a step back. A year ago, Doug and I got a dog. We called her Queen Esther, and her name is Queenie. And I love the, she was abused, and so, you know, trying to help her to learn to trust people again has been a great joy in my life, in both of our lives. But one thing my dog does is when she gets really, really stressed, she'll stop, and she shakes her whole entire body, and then she's good. She shakes it off. I mean, I don't think we should stand in the middle of the road and start shaking our bodies violently, but you get the image, right? Ladies, if something's driving you crazy, if you feel like your expectation's on somebody else and they're not reciprocating with what you've given out to them, if it's starting to get you anxious and upset, shake it off, because you know what? Live with what's within you not within them. You know, we get in God's way a lot. And of course, God is so good that, you know, as I read my devotions every morning, he always gives me um, something that really uh, touches my heart. This one convicted this me very badly. <laughs> so I'm going to share it with you. And... <laughs> If i got to be convicted, I'm going to do it, share it with you ladies. Um, It was from November 15th, and this year I'm reading my utmost for his highest. Um, The title of this is, What is it that to you? What is that to you? The scripture verse comes from John 21, verses 21 and 22. Peter said to Jesus, But Lord, what about this man? Jesus said to him, What is that to you? You follow me. See, why do we care what anybody else is doing? I don't know about you, but I have a whole lot more troubles. I have a hard enough time keeping my head above the deep end than worrying about other people. But sometimes it's easier to worry about someone else's than having to look inside and let the Lord take that, break up that foul ground in our hearts. Right, ladies? I I always don't like going into the furnace but I'm always grateful when I come out. So here's here it is. One of the hardest lessons to learn comes from our stubborn f- refusal to refrain from interfering in other people's lives. It takes a long time to realize the danger of being an amateur prov- providence that is interfering with God's plan for others. You see someone suffering and say, he will not suffer, I will make sure that he doesn't. You will put up your hand right in front of God's permissive will to stop it. And then God says, what is, it, what is that to you? Is there stagnation in your spiritual life? Don't allow it to continue, but get into God's presence and find out the reason for it. You will possibly find it is because you have been interfering in the life of another, proposing things you had no right to propose or advising when you had no right to advise. When you do have to give advice to another person, God will advise through you with a direct understanding of his spirit. Your part is to maintain the right relationship with God so that his discernment can come through you continually for the purpose of blessing someone else. Most of us live only within the level of consciousness consciously serving and consciously devoted to God. This shows immaturity in the fact that we're not living the real Christian life. Maturity is produced in the life of a child of God on the unconscious level. Until we become so totally surrendered to God that we are not even aware of being used by a broken bread or poured out wine, we have yet another level to reach. A level where all awareness of ourselves and what God is doing through us is completely eliminated. A saint is never consciously a saint. A saint is consciously dependent upon God. We have to be completely sold out to our Lord. See, that verse, God's great commandment doesn't say, love the Lord your God and your neighbor with all your heart, soul, mind, and spirit. No. It says, love him first. He's got to be first. And when we're doing that, you know what? The other stuff kind of comes easy. See, I'm the type of person that I, I read the word, and I love the word, and I let it sink in my heart, but I always don't understand what I need is physical examples. So many years ago, um, I used to work downtown, on Broad Street, right across the street from the Mormon Memorial, at my company. And uh, Broad Street's a real busy street, and St. Paul, going onto the expressway, is right there at the intersection. So I had been t- looking at the Good Samaritan um, in Luke 10:30 30 to 35, where the priest and that poor man was beaten on the side of the road, and the priest and the Levite just walked by. I'm like, these people, they're supposed to know the word of God. They're a priest and the Levite, right? They're supposed to be scholars. But the good Samaritan was the one who ran across the street to help. But so see, then the Lord showed me in Romans 10.10, 10, it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. See, the priest and the Levite, they only had the head knowledge. It stopped them from going. But when we allow... The word of God, not only to penetrate our minds, but go into our hearts. We know that we know that we know. When it's in our hearts, no one can change it for us. So I am going. So I was thinking about that. I'm like, Lord, how in the world? But still, they had had knowledge. They're human beings. Why didn't they go across the street? And then the Lord showed me one day. I'm walking home. I'm walking to my car. I had to walk like a quarter of a mile to get to my parking garage. Like 4 o'clock in the afternoon, so Broad Street's a little busy. Lots of lawyers and business people walking up and down the street. And then I hear, help, please help me, someone help me. And there was a blind man in the middle of Broad Street. He got off his path, and I stood there for a second. And without even thinking about it, I dropped my gym bag, and I went running into the street. I said, hi, my name is Dawn. I'm here to help you. God sent me to help you. <laughs> And he's like, because I didn't want to scare him. He's blind, and all these cars are whizzing. I had to stop traffic. And, and as he goes, you're an angel. I said, no, not really. I said, but God put it on my heart to come, and so here I am. So I grabbed him by his arm, and I stopped the traffic. And, and still, all these men, and I'm, you know, I'm in a dress. I mean, all these guys are out there, and not one man tried to help me stop traffic. And so... I was talking to the man about the Lord, and, and he, he just, he, he goes, well, I'm still going to consider you an angel. I said, well, oh, all right, but as long as you know I'm sent from God, we're good. So <laughs> I said, what can I do for you? He goes, if you can point me in this direction. Now, I don't know my north, east, south, and west, but I knew very well where, where he needed to go. He goes, I just got off track a little bit. And so I walked him up. I picked up my gym bag, and me and him walked. I had him by the arm, and he had his little cane, and we talked. And I just shared Jesus with him, and I got him to the corner, and I pointed him in the right direction. I said, okay, are you going to be okay? He said yes, and he thanked me again. So God showed me that day. You know, I didn't think about it. I was just loving the Lord, walking home from work. I had a great day at work. I used to... When I was in the office, I would listen to worship music and sing to the Lord all day. And so I was filled with him. But see, when we're filled with the Lord, we love others as ourselves. See, if I was stuck in the middle of Broad Street, couldn't see, and cars were risen by me, frightened, I would want someone to come and get me. So we're just those hands and extensions. We don't have to think about it is what I'm trying to tell you ladies. We don't have to strive We just have to be walking with the Lord and doing the work that he wants us to do. Another lesson, our our sister Barbara back in August uh, did the ladies' breakfast on the ten virgins. And I've always loved that story, but I really didn't get it. I, I, I knew that the five virgins were prepared and the other five were not prepared with the Lord, and that's where I stood until that day. And the Lord showed me a little deeper. You see, my trouble with the five virgins that had the full oil lamps was in 2 Corinthians 9 7, God says, So let each other give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or out of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. So I was like, okay, these women were filled with the Lord, they had their, but why wouldn't they share? God loves a cheerful giver. Why wouldn't they share? But see, that day the Lord showed me. They didn't share is because no one can walk on your coattails with your relationship to God. It's yours. It's personal. God meets us all in different ways and exactly where we need. He knows I'm a little crazy, and so he meets me in my crazy. And he loves me. I'm always so blessed on Sunday morning we come and we listen to the message. And it's personal. Dan said the exact same word to every single one of us, but we all got something different. God's word is alive and it matters. Yeah. You see, I had a, a, a friend in my life, a sister in the Lord, that she was relying on her salvation, on her walk on the Lord with mine. And I didn't understand it back then. I understand it now. She didn't want to put in the time. You see, I spend the time, not grudgingly, I love the Lord and I love being in the word. He meets me there every morning. Some mornings more than others, but I hide his word in my heart, even if I don't understand it, because one day when I'm ready, he shows me. We just have to be obedient and do that. So... I would be in the word, I would do my devotions, I love to worship the Lord, I just love to sing to him. But she didn't want to do that. She wanted to live through my walk. And it was really hard because, you know, she always said, well, the church doesn't do this, and this is what the Bible said, but she wasn't willing to do it on her own. And I turned myself inside out being the perfect Christian, the perfect example of Christ's love. And it was hard sometimes, and you, my husband will attest to that. I come home broken and sobbing because I didn't measure up, because I couldn't be perfect, because I'm not. Only Jesus is perfect. See, ladies, we have to have that personal relationship with him. It's the only thing that matters. Everything else will kind of fall into place. I love in Matthew it says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. See, so you can't be somebody else's walk. They have to have their own. You can share scripture, you can pray for them, but you can't do it for them. And this is what the Lord revealed to me. See, five virgins, they put in the work, they were ready, they loved the Lord, they love, they knew. The heart of God. I love that song. They knew. The other ladies didn't. They came, but they were going to ride on these other ladies' things. They had to go and get their own walk. See, when we enter in, I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. And I can't do that if I'm relying on one of your walks. See, I have to rely on my own. See, in Philippians, it says that we're to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. We can't work it out for anybody else. I always say, you can lead the horse in water, dunk their head in, but you still ain't going to make it walk, them drink. See, as I was preparing for these lessons, the Lord tested me several times. This message has been in my heart for a really long time, so there's been a lot of up and downs. But just this Thursday, I had two opportunities to be a God-pleaser or a people-pleaser. The first one, I failed. I allowed, the person didn't react to me the way I expected them to. It hurt my feelings. I was embarrassed. Anita got a crying don on the other side of the phone. You know, we talked about it, and I knew. I knew that it was a test. I knew I failed. I did it again. But later that day, God gave me another cho- chance And someone was questioning my faith, my belief, what the word of God says. And I was able to stand up against it. And just like Jesus, when he was tempted in the desert, it is written, it is written, it is written. That's not what my Bible says. And if you want to convince me, you have to give me scripture and verse so I can read it myself and allow the Lord to show me. So I was very thankful that God did that work for me and showed me that I am getting better. (laughs) I'm not what I once was, I'm not, and you know what? In his word he says that he will finish the work he started in you, but guess what? I don't think that work's gonna be done until we're in glory and we have our new bodies and we're standing face to face with our Savior. So why we do that? Let's try to live this life as abundantly as we possibly can because Jesus came so that we may have life and that more abundantly, right? We're not supposed to turn ourselves inside out. We're not supposed to feel guilty if we're going and doing the things that God asks us to do. You know, my company always does these um, trainings and uh, I always hate going to those personality trainings because big surprise, I'm like, Woo, extrovert way over here, you know. It never surprises me. I'm like as far as I'm 99.9% an extrovert. Does anybody shocked? No. Yeah, my husband is shocked, yeah. So, you know, when I became a Christian and I read have a meek and mild spirit, I'm like, "Okay. <laughs> disqualified there, but no. I'm not disqualified. I'm humble before the Lord. I love him. I know that I am clothed with Jesus every day because I do put on Christ every day. I renew my mind daily with the word of God. And I love him, and I know I fall short. He knows that about me, too, and he knows that about each and every one of us. So how do we please God? Now, Pastor Ange teased me because I had to come in with two (laughs) Bibles today. Um, But one of them is a new one my husband got me, Adrian Rogers, and I love the little devotions in it and i couldn't photocopy it so and like oh don just is more more what did he say holy i'm more holy no i'm not i just can't get something to photocopy i'm i'm technically challenged so how do we please god genesis 6 9 says noah pleased god by walking with god and obeying him simple that's all we have to do. We have to just include him in every detail of our life and walk with him. You know, when I'm in the grocery store, I mean, I, I, especially when I was alone before Doug and I got married, I, I forget a recipe. I'm like, okay, Lord, what was that? And, you know, he always was faithful. That's the relationship I have with him. You know, he he cares about every detail of your life. When I was going in the office, I used to always ask him, okay, Lord, what are we going to wear today? And people one person said to me, Don, do you really think God cares what you have to wear today? I said, absolutely, he does. He cares about every detail of our lives. He wants us to, wa- it's intimate. Me and him are intimate, and those are the things that matter to me. He says that he will perfect everything that concerns us. Hebrews eleven six says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I love that. We all have to have faith. You know, I'm a Sunday school teacher, and I love teaching the kids the word of God. See, they teach me more than I teach them. This past September, I was teaching the kids on September 11th, and um, it was one of the children's birthdays coming up. So, you know, we're all excited about the birthday. And so I'm like, you know, so it got put in my heart to ask the children, what do you prefer to do, give a present or receive a present? And one of the children surprised me, and they said, I would rather give. I said, well, why is that? And they said, because of the fact that if someone gives me a gift and I don't have one in return, I feel bad. Well just so happened that God the verse of the day that the kids had to memorize was Romans 6:23. "For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord." See, our salvation is God's gift to us." So I asked the kids, okay, God gave you the most precious, ultimate gift there is our salvation, to be reunited with him when we take our last breath. Do you feel like you need to repay God? They couldn't answer at that time, but then it made me think, do I feel like I have to repay God for what he did, for my gift of salvation? took a long time to work it out of me, but no, I don't. I don't have to strive to be the perfect daughter. I don't have to do any of these things. All I have to do is to walk humbly with my God. See, I love Micah 6, 8. Because it says, He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. That's it. We don't have to strive. We don't have to pay God back. He loves us just the way we are. He will continue to do that work. And this is where I got one of Adrian Rogers' um, little devotions for Micah 6.8. Do you want to please God? Then walk with him. To walk with God is a figure of the most intimate fellowship with God. Micah 6.8 says has shown you O oh man what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to do justly to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God and Amos 3 3 says can two walk together unless they agree what a fellowship what a joy divine walking with our Lord do you know why God saved you Do you understand why Jesus Christ stepped out of glory, came to earth, and bathed the world with his blood? Do you know why he redeemed you? You may say, So we would serve him. Ha! If God wanted servants, he could have gotten a lot better people than us. Angels serve him much more obediently than we do, much more innocently much more perfectly. They're always on the job and perpetually full of power. God isn't looking for servants. You may say, so we could all learn the facts about him. Nope. He wants you to study, but what is the bottom line? God isn't looking for scholars. God is looking for men, women, boys and girls who will walk with him, friend, God wants you to walk with him. He wants you to know him intimately. He wants you to fellowship with him. Your faith isn't something you can just kind of put on whenever you go to church. God wants you to walk and talk with him 365 days of the year. When you're driving in your car, just don't close your eyes. When you're cooking or when you're sitting at your desk, at school, at work, at play, let Jesus be real to you. Every day in every way. You may know about somebody without really knowing somebody, but you are to know the Lord Jesus Christ intimately. God created you in his image so he could have fellowship with you. Are you walking with him today? So, ladies, I just want to encourage you as we go through this busy season of Christmas. I know it gets a little hectic and crazy shopping and wrapping and decorating. But the reason for this season is him. He came to earth to take on our sins. And let's put him first. If if you put him first, everything else will fall in place. See, nothing has to be perfect. If you don't have everything right or everything out, it's okay. Let's be Mary's and sit at his feet. Now, we do have to do some Martha stuff. But let's do what's most important and let's sit at the feet of our Lord, knowing him intimately. So when someone comes up against you, you can say, all that lives within me, I'm going to live peacefully with all men because I am loving the Lord first and others second. I have one more song. And what I, it's really, God is good because I was looking for um, the heart of God. And one day, it came on. We had Caleb going on our TV downstairs, and it came on. I go, hon, this is the song I want. But the song that was written on top was this song. And I'm like, I was disappointed, but I listened to it a lot. And I think it's important. It's a good song. It's about God's mercies. Never forget that his mercies are new every morning. We cannot run out of them. I've tried, but we can't. His grace towards us is pure and lovely, and he loves you with all that he has. Let's love him back. Thank you, Lord, for just the work you've done. And and Lord, may you just continually be glorified and lifted up in all my sisters' lives. And help them not to forget your mercy, Lord God, and help them to just walk in the ways that you have placed on their hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, sisters.